You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. I hope you all are doing well. A late night last night as BYU battled Gonzaga. We'll break down that game, what to take away from it from the Cougars. We'll also continue on with our debriefings for the BYU football program. We'll take a look at the wide receiver position for BYU. They lose Dax Milne, but they return a number of other players who should, in theory, be able to fill in his role. We'll examine that ahead on today's podcast, as well as catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Men's basketball in action. Women's basketball going to be in action today, so plenty to break down. It's all brought to you today in part by our good friends at Squire & Company, betonline.ag as well as rockauto.com. We'll tell you all about those a little bit later on in today's podcast. All right, so there you go. The rundown of where we're going here on a Tuesday. Without further ado, let's have some fun. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for February 9th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU with the Locked On Cougars podcast. A reminder for you guys, if you're new to the show, welcome on in. My name's Jake. This is your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. We want you guys to be the smartest BYU fans in the room when you're talking with your family and friends and the only way we can do that is if you join us each and every day so make sure if you haven't done so already hit that follow or subscribe button that way you never miss an episode as we talk about the cougars on the daily getting going here on a tuesday edition of the show another hard-fought loss against the gonzaga bulldogs as byu men's basketball falls by the tune of 82 to 71 to the number one ranked team in the country and folks Honestly, my takeaway from this game is it feels like, in some form or fashion, almost a mere image of what we saw just over a month ago when BYU took on the Zags up there in Spokane. BYU fell behind big early. This time, not as bad. It was, what, 21 or 22-2 to in that game on January 7th there in the kennel. Last night, it was 15-2 to at the first media timeout. And from that point on, BYU was trying to play catch-up. The closest they got it, if I'm not mistaken, was eight points. Might have been six, but I believe eight points is the closest BYU got within the rest of the game. But Gonzaga showed why they are one of the top teams, if not the top team in the sport this season. Just holding BYU at an arm's length and not allowing the Cougars to do much of anything. And BYU falls once again for the second time to Gonzaga. Cougars now sitting at 15-5 and on the season, 6-3 and in conference play. Still in second place behind the Bulldogs, who sit at 19-0. 
10 and 0 in the WCC. And I have to say, I really like how Gonzaga plays. I talked about this on yesterday's podcast in our preview edition about just the way that they play as a team. They work in concert with one another. Jalen Suggs was the star in this game for Gonzaga. 10 of 18 from the field. The freshman, 24 points. Drew Timmy adding 20 points of his own. Corey Kispert, one of their best players, had a relatively quiet night with 13 points. And Andrew Nemhard, 15 points of his own. The only bench scoring for Gonzaga in this game, funny enough, came from a Watson with six points. He hit all three of his field goals off the bench. But this just was one of those games where BYU, you fall behind early and you just never can find a way back into it. That's the tough part. The front court for BYU in this game struggled. Matt Harms, 0 of 1 from the field, 0 points, just uh, what, what one rebound, one assist, just not his night uh, for Matt Harms. Richard Harward, not effective either. 1 of 2 from the field, 2 points in his own right. you got to give credit to the defense of Gonzaga. Drew Timmy and Corey Kispert, their front court tandem really working well against BYU's bigs Gideon George and Caleb Lohner pretty ineffective in their own right George finishing with five points Lohner with nine points and eight rebounds so not a bad night for him but Alex Barcelo once again proving why he is the engine that drives BYU 20 points four rebounds five assists Brandon Averett 14 points three rebounds six assists so the backcourt for BYU came up big Spencer Johnson was the star off the bench four of seven from the field for 11 points of his own. But this is just a game, folks, that as soon as BYU fell behind by double digits, what, four minutes into this game? At that point, it was catch-up time, and Gonzaga, what they have done multiple times this year is they've just stuck it to BYU and just did not allow them to get back in the game. Funny enough, this was the closest game for Gonzaga they have had in West Coast Conference play and tied for the second closest they have played all season long amidst the 19-0 start to their season. And the funny thing about it is BYU, had they gotten more production from their front court and had they avoided that early deficit, that early major hole they found themselves in, BYU played for stretches toe-to-toe with Gonzaga. So Mark Pope last night talked about it and said, yes, we played for stretches 20 to 25, maybe 30 minutes of this game. He felt like BYU played with Gonzaga. But as he mentioned, it's a 40-minute game. And if you're going to beat a team, the number one team in this case in the country, you have to compete for every minute, every second that you're out there. And BYU for stretches in this game did not do it, and they paid the ultimate price losing this matchup. Now, BYU, they don't have a game scheduled this week after this game last night. So they're supposed to play St. Mary's on Thursday and another game on Saturday. The opponent escapes me at the current time. I apologize about that. But as it stands, BYU could be off for the upwards of 10 days before facing off against Pacific. I had a chance to ask Mark Pope last night in the media session with him post game, what is your plan? Are you going to try and find a game this week? Here's what Mark Pope had to say. Yeah, so we, um, you know, we've kind of put a, uh, put some legwork into trying to find a game, um, but I haven't, I haven't, uh, you know, dove in head first yet because we we were kind of we didn't want to get ahead of ourselves. So we'll spend some time tonight as a staff, kind of mapping it out, and and then hit the phones hard in the morning and see if we can find um, something that works for us right now. It's it's a uh, you know, this is super unprecedented and, and down now in this stretch run of this season, it's actually, um, 
you know, finding games and finding the right games and finding the games at the right time for your team is super important right now. And so, um, we'll jump on that and I'm not sure where we're going to end up. Hopefully we find uh, a game that fits us really, really well. So there you have it. Mark Pope, BYU basketball head coach. He said his, him and his staff are going to get together, start making phone calls today, hopefully find an opponent for BYU to play this coming week. I would be totally in favor of BYU finding any and all opponents, as you heard Mark Pope say, or maybe he wasn't in that clip, it was maybe a little bit later on. He said they are willing to travel. They're not going to force a team to come to Provo. They are happy to hop on a flight and go play somewhere if they can get it. Obviously, they would like to play a team that can help them out in the net ratings. Uh, that would maybe think a top 50 team, top 100 at the very worst. You're not just going to take on some team to take on a game and potentially have it hurt your net rating. Funny enough, BYU with the loss last night still moved up in the net ratings from 37, excuse me, the Ken Palm ratings. I haven't seen the net ratings yet, but the Ken Palm ratings have BYU going from number 37 to number 33, still firmly within that uh, field of where you think BYU is very much a lock and safe to make the NCAA tournament field. But you got to just hopefully find a game and get this bitter taste of this defeat out of your mouth against another opponent. We'll be tracking that. Anything that comes out, I'm sure BYU will have an announcement. I would expect if they're going to play Thursday, there's going to be an announcement like today. I would guess they're probably working for a game Friday, if not Saturday, ideally. But we'll track that for you guys and bring you anything else when it comes to BYU playing later this week because you don't want to sit for another 10 days. It's just that is going to make these guys go a little bit stir-crazy having lost that game and then having to wait to face off against a Pacific next Thursday. If I'm a BYU player, I'd be hoping, praying, and begging for you to have an opportunity, for them to have an opportunity to play a game this week, if at all possible. So we'll track all that ahead. We'll have more on this. We'll have media availability later in the week, maybe get some more thoughts from Coach Pope and the players about this loss and how they're trying to rebound from it. We'll have more on that later on in the week on this podcast. All right, coming up next, we'll switch gears, talk some BYU football. Our player debriefings continue. We'll take a look at BYU's wide receiving core, a unit that has to replace one of the great individual seasons in BYU football history with Dax Milne moving on to the NFL. We'll talk about how the Cougars might go about replacing his production. We'll get to all that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com. Guys, if you need parts for your car, truck, or SUV, trust our friends at Rock Auto. Chain stores or dealerships have different tiers of pricing for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. It's true, folks. You can have your buddy who may be a mechanic, he'll get a different price at the chain store than you will get yourself. The best part about Rock Auto is all of their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They always offer the lowest price possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. They don't go out there and say, okay, let's see, what's the market sitting at? That's what we're going to charge. They keep them low as they possibly can go, and that's the best part about it. Why pay up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com and have them shipped directly to your door? Go online. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts you're available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specification, and even the prices that you prefer. You can search by all of that, guys. It is absolutely phenomenal. Whether you need motor oil, tail lamps, brake parts, even a new carpet for the interior 
interior of your car, they've got it all for you at rockauto.com. When you're there, make sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box. That way they know that we sent you to check them out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. All right, folks, let's take a minute here and talk about BYU's wide receiver position as our BYU football debriefings continue. This is an interesting group because BYU obviously lost one of their key cogs to success in 2020, that being junior wide receiver Dex Milne. He departs the program after just an absolutely stellar campaign. 12 games, 70 receptions, 1,188 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Garnered himself a lot of pre-draft buzz. He was invited to the NFL Combine. So big congratulations to Dax Milne. But the big question for BYU going into this fall is how BYU replaces nearly 1,200 yards and 8 touchdowns, not to mention 70 receptions from their wide wide receiver group. The nice part is, is looking at the roster, there are plenty of bodies on this roster that you think as a group, should be able to help fill in that role. The two headliners, I think, are most notably Gunnar Romney as well as Neil Pau'u. Both of them expecting to reprise their roles in BYU's offense. Gunnar Romney struggled with injuries at times during the season, but he has more of the physical nature that you expected a guy like Dax Milne maybe to have, but Dax Milne's what? 6'6", 190? Gunnar Romney's 6'3", and just looks every bit the star wide receiver and had an absolutely great campaign. Uh, 39 receptions for 767 yards, more of a true deep threat for BYU in 2020, averaging nearly 20 yards per reception. He had two touchdowns on the season and will look to up on up the ante on that when it comes to this coming season. It will be important for him to do so, especially if they want to replace the production lost by a guy like Dax Milne. Additionally, Neil Pau will come back. He had 45 receptions in 2020 for 603 yards and four touchdowns. He is more of kind of that true inside big wide receiver that can work the middle of the field and is absolutely stellar at that role. Both of these players, both Pau and Ron Romney will technically be juniors once again this fall due to the uh, eligibility being frozen. So both of them could still play at BYU for two more years, but we'll see what, how it shakes out for them. I I think both or one of them could decide after this upcoming season to say, you know what? It's time for me to kind of chase my fortunes at the pro level. Maybe more in particular, the case of Neil Pau, where he has served a mission for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and likely Probably wants to get on with things if he has a pretty good year this coming season. That also all be dependent upon uh, the quarterback, whoever that ends up being, be able to get these guys the ball. But the nice part is there are other guys on this roster you expect to step out and hopefully prove their mettle with... Uh, like. Okay, going back, let me rewind a little bit here. Is it felt like for most of 2020, the top three guys, speaking of Dax, Mill, New Pau, and Gunnar Romney, they took the vast majority of the reps. And then the tight end group took a lot of other receptions and especially touchdowns in the case of, uh, of Isaac Rex. I almost said Byron Rex. Isaac Rex with his 12 touchdowns, he took a lot of reps away from these guys. But there are plenty of wide receivers on this roster this coming fall for BYU who figure to be on the roster. I guess I should clarify because at any given moment you could see a guy enter the NCAA transfer portal as we saw yesterday with Herkley Lotu entering the portal for a second time. So looking at the roster, guys that I expect hopefully to have an uptick in production really step out and become 
those kind of players you expect him to be include guys like Keanu Hill. Hill has got all the physical attributes to be a good player. Six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. Played at Euless Trinity High School there in Texas. Uh, still technically a redshirt freshman this year for BYU. If he can stay healthy, and that's kind of been the bugaboo for him, is him having nicks there, here and there that really kind of preclude him from achieving what he hopes to achieve. He absolutely could be in the mix. I also look at other guys on the roster. Like uh, uh, Cody Epps, that's who I was looking for. Cody Epps, number zero, five foot eleven, one hundred and eighty pounds, an absolutely stellar senior year at Modern Day High School. Came in and saw limited reps this past season for BYU. His fellow Southern Cal- Southern California native includes Chris Jackson, the junior college transfer from Mount San Antonio College. Both of them in theory, should see more opportunities with Dax Milne out of the rotation and hopefully more reps available to players like that. One guy that I am looking at that I actually could see end up switching over to defense, and I think that actually will take place in spring ball. It's not set in stone, and obviously that could change after spring ball. He could go right back to wide receiver is Braden Cosper. He had some moments during the 2020 season at, a, at wide receiver, and you thought, okay, maybe he's got something here. But I think that BYU sees him maybe potentially be having a higher ceiling on the defensive side of the football, and I would expect this spring that he gets an opportunity to show if that is truly a position he can thrive at. I thought in high school he actually had a fantastic upside as a defensive back, and if the decision is ultimately made to put him on the defensive side of the football, I wish him nothing but the best. But Braden Cosper is a guy to keep an eye on if it doesn't work out on the defensive side of the football to see if he comes back over to the offense and can kind of slot back in to the rotation there. Now, other guys on this roster, if you look at the wide receiver group on BYUCougars.com, there are a lot of guys listed at wide receiver. Guys like Jacob Boren, Jacob Bowman, Terrence Fall, Talmadge Gunther, Coy Harris. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Cade Moore, Joe Nelson, Hobbs Nyberg, uh, Jacob Talbert, Nathan Upham. There are a lot of mixture of guys who come in uh, as walk-ons, etc. One guy that I'm intrigued with who is on scholarship is Terrence Fall. Terrence Fall is from Paris, France. Uh, came to the United States to live his dream of playing American football. And is on scholarship at BYU. He's more of a kind of a long term project in terms of getting his polish as a guy who can play at the D1 level but if he lives up to the potential that BYU saw in him in the recruiting process, he could be a high level player when all is said and done. Do I expect him to be that breakout campaign this coming fall? No, I don't see that happening for him but he has physical tools 6 foot 3, 188 pounds runs extremely well uh, based on what I have seen from his film in high school has pretty good hands but he is still very much a project still learning kind of the intricacies of playing the wide receiver position particularly at the collegiate level so I think he is a guy to keep an eye on, maybe for another year down the road, 2022 and beyond. And then in that group who I just mentioned, all those other names, I think there are a number of guys in there who have got various skills. I look at a guy like Cade Moore. I saw him play in high school at Lehigh High School. He has got sticky hands. He's got those hands that just catch everything near him. 
I don't necessarily know if he has the size to be a good player, but if he can prove that that size is not going to hold him back, listed at five foot 11, 170 pounds, he is absolutely a guy to keep an eye on. As well as another guy on this roster, Nathan Upham from Sky Ridge High School, also from Lehigh, Utah. He's got the size that Cade Moore doesn't have, six foot four, 197 pounds. Upham doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, have the top end speed to be a top level receiver, but he has physical tools that you can work with. I see him more as the type of receiver who kind of fills in the same role that Neil Pau does. So if you just look at this roster, there are a lot of names on this roster who you think, okay, that guy's got a tool you can work with. That guy's got another tool you can work with. But to replace what Dax Milne is leaving behind as he moves on to the pro ranks for BYU, well, you're going to need to have a by-committee approach to replace all that production. Are the top two guys going to be Neil Powell and Gunnar Romney, barring an injury? Yes. Those are your top two receivers. Obviously, a guy like Isaac Rex at tight end is going to gobble up a lot of receptions and touchdowns in theory once again this coming fall. But I think the other group of guys that I'm looking at this fall to have a bigger role and hopefully break out include Cody Epps, Chris Jackson, and Cade Moore, I think, is going to be in the mix there, as well as Keanu Hill and uh, and Terrence Fall. That's kind of your group of guys to keep an eye on through spring ball, going into fall camp, and see how they develop. One other guy who is kind of a fringe prospect, who I'm not sure necessarily what to make of him, is Talmadge Gunther. He's a special teams player, a guy who's shown different flashes during his time at BYU so far. He's another guy uh, from Northern Utah County, went to Lone Peak High School. Talmadge, to me, I think has some skills that you can work with, but I just look at it, and I think the Cougars are going to need a number one guy to emerge, and I think that's going to be Gunnar Romney. One guy to keep an eye on coming back from a mission, though, is Chase Roberts from American Fork High School. This is a four-star prospect, a guy who is an absolute freak of an athlete, the best wide receiver in the state his senior year, just an absolutely stellar prospect. If he can get his legs back underneath him and he can show what he can do in fall camp, he may automatically jump to the two deep and maybe even start for BYU as a true freshman coming home off a mission immediately. He is that good, folks. Chase Roberts really is that good. He's got great size. They listed him at six foot four in high school. I think he's probably more six two, six three, but nonetheless, has good size, good speed, and like I said, an absolute freak athlete and just a stud receiver who I think would be an absolutely stellar a prospect for BYU to have come home and kind of step into that role that Dax Milne left behind. It's all dependent on his ability to kind of shake off that mission rust, though, and we'll find out. But a very interesting group, nonetheless, from the BYU wide receivers. It is, like I said, it's going to take a by-committee approach to replace those 70 receptions and nearly 1,200 yards that Dax Milne left as he heads to the pro ranks. But nonetheless, looking forward to it. I think this wide receiver group should should have whoever's playing quarterback for BYU feeling pretty good about their chances to show what they can do, but it's all a matter of finally getting out on the field and proving that it can be replicable once again this coming fall. So there you go, some thoughts on the BYU football program. Our debriefings continue. I believe we only have a couple of position groups left, maybe even only one. Do we have linebackers? Oh, and also safety. So we got two still to go. We got to talk about those two groups, and we'll get to those probably later this week, maybe 
filter over into next week. But we'll get to all of that throughout the coming days and weeks. And like I said, still chasing some big name interviews. Former Cougars who are in the NFL draft are trying to get them on the podcast. There's going to be plenty to talk about. So stay tuned with us each and every day right here on Locked on Cougars. Coming up next, we'll run down everything else you need to know about BYU today. Get you up to speed on everything with the Cougars. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at BetOnline.ag. want to remind you guys, if you guys want to get in on the sports betting world, do it with BetOnline. They are your online sportsbook experts, experts, as we are fond of saying, but now with football in the rearview mirror, you're probably wondering, okay, what is there to bet on? Well, you have NBA basketball, college hoops, as we just talked about a little bit earlier on with BYU playing. You've got NHL hockey, baseball will be here before you know it, but BetOnline also has prop bets for reality TV shows, uh, celebrities, uh, gossip, all that stuff. You can bet on every single part of your life, it feels like, that you may be interested in, and do it with our friends at BetOnline.ag. The best part about it is BetOnline still has their free money they're handing out to all of our listeners. It's their welcome bonus. Go to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account, use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. It's a great way to get some free money to play with at betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. So once again, check them out now, betonline.ag, and also make sure to take advantage of that promo code Locked On to get that 50% welcome bonus. Once again, courtesy of BetOnline. Guys, if you're like me, you hate tax season, and I mean that sincerely because it just seems like an absolute hassle. You have mounds and mounds of paperwork that arrive at your house, W-2s, 1095s, 1099s. There's so many different form numbers, it's hard to keep track of them all. If you want somebody to help you out with that, trust our friends at Squire and Company. They are one of the largest Utah-based CPA firms that serves clients along the Wasatch Front in the greater state of Utah, as well as around the country. If you need anything with CPA firm type services, whether it's personal income taxes, like I just talked about, corporate and business taxes, financial statement audits, reviews, and compilations, Squire can handle it all for you guys. They are committed to helping individuals, businesses, and entrepreneurs set and meet your financial goals. So get a chance to work with the best and do it with Squire. The best part about it, they have two offices, one in Orem and one in downtown Salt Lake City, both of them conveniently placed to help you guys out no matter where you may be conducting your business. They can help you guys out. Trust me. I have known Joe Squire who founded the company for years. I grew up down the street from him. Now Ray Chipman, who's working with us here on the podcast is a partner there at Squire and he wants to help you guys out. You can find out more about what Squire and company do by going to www.squire.com or you can reach out to Ray directly. His email address is Raymond, R-A-Y-M-O-N-D-C at squire.com. That's S-Q-U-I-R-E.com. Or you can call him 801-477-4950. Like I said, I have known the Squire brand for many, many years. You can trust them. They're happy to help you guys out. Take advantage of the opportunity now by going to squire.com or reach out to Ray directly at RaymondC at squire.com or call him now 801-477-4950. 
All right, folks, a couple of notes that you need to know today when it comes to BYU. Let's start off on the recruiting front. I guess not the recruiting front. The transfer portal front is what I'm trying to say. And that is that Herkley Lott, who, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on, is in the NCAA transfer portal once again. He did enter the portal two fall camps ago, spent nearly an entire semester in the transfer portal, ultimately decided to come back to BYU, was on the roster on the team this past season, albeit playing sparingly as a walk-on member of the program, and now he's entered the NCAA transfer portal once again. The, the one thing I can say about Herkley is I wish him the best. I hope he can find a situation where he can kind of live out his dream and find what works for him. It has not worked out for him at BYU. He came in, if you remember, many of you may not remember this, he was actually a defensive back when he was committed to BYU out of Kahuku High School there in Hawaii, then showed up at BYU, really grew into a linebacker's frame, and then BYU kind of saw his frame continue to develop and said, you know what, he may be a good pass rusher, let's put him a defensive line. So he he has played three different positions for the Cougars during his time in the blue and white in Provo, but it's just not worked out for him and wish him nothing but the best as he moves on with his playing career. Now, one other note today is BYU men's golf. They are currently in third place following two rounds of the Nick Watney Invitational at Sunnyside Country Club in Fresno, California. A fantastic open to this tournament. Nice three-way battle going on, by the way, and the final round of the tournament will take place today. It may already be done by the time you listen to this podcast but nonetheless BYU in third place just two strokes behind St. Mary's as well as Loyola Marymount one stroke ahead of them at 17 under so the Cougars 16 under will be looking to make up those two strokes against uh, their fellow WCC rivals St. Mary's and LMU but hey that's a great start to see BYU sitting 16 under Pacific in fourth place, eight strokes back of BYU Gonzaga at six under. So a lot of WCC teams in the field at this one, but good to see BYU really showing well. Junior Carson Lundell leading the way for BYU with a two round total of 137. He is seven under for a tie for second place with Idaho's Jose Surya Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. LMU's Gavin Cohen leads the individual standings after two rounds at 8 under par. So best of luck to Bruce Brockbank and his squad. Nice to see them having a good open to a tournament here. Hopefully they can finish it in style and if they can make up those scores that should give them an opportunity hopefully to win their first tournament of the year. We'll break that down, have a full recap for you guys on tomorrow's podcast. Alright, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show make sure to follow us on social media facebook instagram or twitter search out locked on cougars love hearing from you guys you can follow my personal work at jacob c hatch on twitter or if you want to reach out via email anytime you can do so locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address have a great rest of your day hope you guys are all doing well this has been the locked on cougars podcast for february 9th 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow